This is the Rogie Report News on the Fringe FM. I'm Jess Rogie. UFO investigator and debunker Mick West has claimed to debunk the U.S. Navy footage of the pyramid-shaped object shot off the coast of California. West believes there are plausible explanations for the flashing triangles recorded hovering above the USS Russell in 2019. Mick West explains. Well, the first thing I noticed about it was the flashing. And if you look at the video, you see it's kind of flashing. And it's not flashing at a regular rate. It's kind of like irregular. Uh, But it really reminded me of the flashing lights of a plane. And I looked into that and I found there are actually some planes that have a sequence of lights that flashes just like that. There's a long uh, sequence overlaid, a short sequence. So I looked at the video and thought, aha, that's a plane. West continued to say if you assume it's a plane at 33,000 feet, you can calculate his angular velocity from the information that's available with the positions of the stars. What about the pyramid shapes? Well, West said this type of effect is achieved using a triangle-shaped iris. Has the mystery been solved? Jeremy Corbell released another UFO drop. The drop consisted of information about the USS Omaha image released a few weeks ago. On Corbell's website, Extraordinary Beliefs, he posted about the location, stating on July 15, 2019, in the warning area off the coast of San Diego, the UAP event series reached a crescendo, with one of the numerous unknown targets entering the water at 11 p.m. Pacific. No wreckage was found and none of the craft were recovered. Corbell also said, It is my hope that providing the exact date, time, and location of the USS Omaha's UAP encounters, I will be helping to activate more folks into becoming part of this developing story. The U.S. Army is testing a pair of powered exoskeleton boots called the Delphi Exoboot. These fancy new shoes may allow soldiers to carry heavy-loaded rucksacks over long distances. And that's not the only place exoskeletons could be. The founder of Suit X, a manufacturer of exoskeletons, said, There's no doubt in my mind that these devices will eventually be sold at hardware stores. So what do exoskeletons do? They help prevent muscle fatigue so companies can get more productivity out of their workers. Good news, Discord has ended its talks with Microsoft. The company has decided to remain independent. Microsoft was prepared to offer $10 billion to the company. And now the platform will focus on a potential public offering. So Discord is safe for now. This has been the Rogie Report News on the Fringe FM. I'm Jess Rogie. This is Jess Rogie, host of the Rogie Report, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. Broadcasting live from sunny Southern California on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM, 
and in syndication on KFSA. This is the Rogie Report, where we talk about the topics that matter to you. From UAPs to UFOs, current events, and more, let's get ready to explore the unrevealed. Today is Wednesday, April 21st. Uh, Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. This is episode 13 of the Rogie Report on the Fringe FM. And tonight I have a special mind-blowing episode for you. Joining me in just a moment will be author Micah Dank. But first, remember to follow the Rogie Report on Twitter and on Instagram at the Rogie Report, the R-O-G-G-E Report. I want to give a shout out to everybody in the Discord. Hello to Rohan, Off Grid Overview, Russ Bailey. Um, and then hello to everybody in the Spreaker chat as well. I'm going to get ready to bring my guest on, but first, let me give him an introduction. Micah Dank was born in 1983 in Oceanside, New York, and from a young age, he wanted to be a writer. Coming from a family of writers, his father was a producer and news radio editor at CBS News in Manhattan, and his grandfather was a producer at CBS News. When Dan Rather wrote his autobiography, he listed Micah's grandfather by name as the person he told at the news station about Kennedy's death. Micah was an actor in high school and became interested in writing from his from his 12th grade English teacher, Russell Reed. From there, he majored in English at SUNY Albany and transferred down to CUNY Hunter College in Manhattan to earn his bachelor's degree in language literature and criticism. It wasn't until he moved to Boston for a new job that he became interested in all the esoteric sciences, including, just to name a few, Astronomy, astrology, astrotheology, out of body experiences, Akashic records, remote viewing, re- religions, capstones of the pyramids, secret societies and their secrets, channelers, DMT monitoring, lucid dreaming, acoustic levitation, Alzheimer's, conspiracy theories, jetpack propulsion, physics, quantum physics, psychology, computer hacking, Antarctica, and spiritual guides. For the next six years, he read four hours a day about them all and has interwoven them into a series of thrillers. Welcome, Micah. That is quite quite the um, quite the uh, bio there. <laughs> Are you on? Can you hear me? Oh no, you're. That oh, was wait. quite an intro. Yes, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on. We talked Thank about you. a month ago, and. Um, I'm so excited to learn about astrotheology in the Bible. So I figured we should just jump right into it. I would love to. Okay. I would love to. So <clears throat> for those who are listening, um, I'm going to, I have a presentation. It's a PowerPoint presentation that I'm going to go through with Jess. But what you can do is when it comes out, you can actually see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'll do is I'll try and explain it a little extra so that you almost don't need it. I'll try my best with it. So right off the bat, if I were to ask you, Jess, what the oldest writings on earth are. Is it the Dead Sea Scrolls? Maybe, no. It's older than that. It's older than that. A lot of people would say like the Sumerians, maybe the Egyptians, things of that nature. 
Well, it actually goes back to the Lascaux Caves, which are 40,000 years. Now, the Lascaux Caves are these caves that they found in France, okay, in Lascaux. That's why they're called the Lascaux Caves. And what they did was they found uh, these caves. They went deep into it. And when they went deep into it, they found all sorts of stuff written on the walls like this. Mm. Okay, you can see in the top left corner, you see the two bulls. On the right, you see the bunch of lions. At the bottom, you see the horse. And in astrology, if if you're mildly familiar with it, you know that the horse, I'm sorry, well, the horse is Sagittarius, the bull is Taurus, and Leo is the lion. Yes. Now, what they did was they brought in an astronomer with a computer program, because we have the technology to do this now. And what they did was first they carbon dated the wall, and it came out to about 40,000 years, plus or minus 5,000 years. Okay, and then what they did was they rewound the sky back to show what the stars were like because they noticed the connection with the zodiac with these three pictures. And what they did was they rewound the sky back and they superimposed what they found the sky to be 40,000 years ago. And all of these signs were exactly where they were supposed to be. So we've had a knowledge of the zodiac for 40,000 years. Wow. Yeah. So we've had a working knowledge of the Zodiac for 4,000 years, uh, 40,000 years. Now, I'm going to pose you a couple of questions that we're going to answer throughout this. Okay. Okay. That have to do with religion. Things that don't make sense on the face value, but make sense if you understand astrotheology, which I'm going to explain. Questions like how Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, and why is his birthday on December 25th. People are going to argue that Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. I'm going to argue that he wasn't even born at all, that he represents the sun. That's what astrotheology is. Jesus is the sun, and as he's going through the 12 signs. Now, his birthday, some people will say September 11th, or the Feast of the Tabernacles, or things of that nature. There's a reason it's celebrated on December 25th. There's a reason that Horus's birthday is celebrated on December 25th. Mithra, Tammuz, all these ancient gods. There's a reason behind that, and we're going to get into that. But these are the questions that we're going to revisit, okay? All of this can be explained with astrotheology. In Genesis 1.14, it says, Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and the years. And that's all the Bible is. The Bible is an encoded astrology book that explains all this information. Okay? So you can read the Bible one of two ways. You can read it literally and take everything that doesn't make sense, face value, and try and explain it. Or you can understand your celestial beings and it'll explain it much better, which is what I'm going to show you. Okay, but first we got to go through the 12 signs. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with the 12 signs. Yes, that I know. Okay, good. So I'm going to teach you about the signs. There's going to be key words in each sign that you're going to look for. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to start with Aquarius. Aquarius is the first sign in it. Well, it's not really the first sign. The first sign is Aries. But I start with Aquarius because that's like January. That's the beginning of our year. Yes. So it's represented by the man with the water pitcher. So whenever you hear words like man with water pitcher or the son of man or the man sign or something like fountain, for example, or baptism, because that's how you baptize is with a pitcher of water. Okay, those are key words that, you know, they're talking about Aquarius. Then Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. 
Then Aries is the Ram. And in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day, 12-hour night. It's also the Passover. The Jews celebrate the Passover. And what the, the Jewish Passover is, is God passing over Egypt. And anybody that didn't have the lamb's blood smeared on their door to protect them from God would lose their firstborn son. They, they would die. That was the 10th plague of Egypt in Exodus. In astrotheology, the Passover is literally the sun passing over the equator. That day, it passes over the equator, and it goes on its way back up to its height in the summer solstice. In Christianity, the Passover or the passing over is changed, and it becomes the resurrection of God's son, S-U-N, not S-O-N. Okay? So it's two separate meanings, but it's the same meaning. Okay? Uh, Aries is the ram. It's why, and the Jewish people are the people of Aries. That's why they blow the ram's horn during the high holy days to the sky is because of the people of Aries. Now, Taurus is the bull. And it's basically as above, so below. You've heard that, right? Yes, I've heard that. <laughs> okay, so as above, so below. When you see Taurus in the sky, okay, when you look up and see Taurus in the sky, on earth, you have to put the plow on the bull. So you see the bull in the sky on earth, you put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds so that you can harvest in Virgo and Libra, which I'll get back to. Okay. Then Gemini is the twins. It's Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. Okay. It goes back to the Greeks. That's where that goes to. Cancer is the crab. It's the sideways moving creature. So for people who can't see what I'm doing right now with my finger, okay, let me just try and explain it this way. Imagine the Zodiac wheel with Capricorn at the bottom. Okay. On December 25th, it rises. The sun rises a degree on its axis. Every following day, it continues to rise an additional degree on its axis. Okay. Then it passes over the spring equinox. Then it gets to its height in the summer solstice, which is June 21st. It's the longest day of the year. For three consecutive days after that, it stays at that height. Okay. And then on June 25th, it drops a degree. And then it continues to drop a degree again, 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 until it hits December 21st, which is the winter solstice. Okay. And the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year. Then for three consecutive days, it stays at that low point, and then it rises a degree again on December 25th. That's why the birth of the sun, the resurrection of the sun, happens on December 25th. It's also why God's son was dead for three days, because it was considered dead December 21st. It it didn't rise at all. And then for three consecutive days, it doesn't rise. So that's what the sun does year in and year out. It follows this exact pattern. Then Leo is the king. It's the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So when you hear people, when you hear in the Bible, they're talking about the kingdom of heaven on earth or the kingdom of heaven is near. They're talking about the sun in its home, which is Leo, because it rules, the sun rules Leo. Each sign has a ruling planet. Okay. That's a little more advanced astrology, but yeah. <laughs> It's okay. Then Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. You can see the picture, right? Yeah. It's the it's Virgo. It's the virgin holding the wheat stalk. And the reason it's that is because remember when you said that you plant in Taurus? Yes. Well, you plant in Taurus. And then what happens is the virgins would go out and cultivate the wheat in Virgo because you plant it in Taurus, you water it, you water it, you take care of it. And then suddenly you can harvest 
in Virgo. That's why it's a woman with the wheat stalk. So whenever you hear the mention of bread or seed or yeast or virgin or young woman, those words coincide with Virgo. Okay. Then Libra is the justice. It's the scales. It's the balance. It's the just one. It's the scales. You know, it's the, it's the balance. Yeah. And the reason it's justice is because it judges God's son. So you remember you have the Passover where the sun passes over the spring equinox and then it's in its height, June 21st in the solstice. And then in the fall equinox, what happens is the sun passes over it again and it's judged by Libra because it's judged and it's sentenced to death and it's death is December 21st. So whenever you hear the words death, you whenever you hear the words death or there's a death in the Bible, they're talking about Sagittarius, December 21st. Okay, the Jews always celebrate the new year around the fall equinox. And it's not a coincidence that eight days after the Jewish new year, you have something called Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement or the day of judgment. It's when the Jewish people fast all day, go to temple and they pray to God fast all day and they pray to God all day day that he will keep them in the book of life for an additional year or, or he won't that's what they basically pray for oh, wow. libra is also wine season libra is also olive season okay uh jess you're in socal okay yes. i know you know the i know you know the vineyards very well yes yeah. yes you've we've gone out and you've had a ton of wine have you ever gone out in the spring when it first starts to get a little warmer I should go in the spring. Last summer, I went in the depths of summer. It was horrendous. It was horrendous. It was hot, but yes. it, it was bare. It, wasn't, it was bare. There was nothing. It was There was nothing because yeah. the, in Libra, in September, October, that's when everything is lush. Oh. See, people like going to the vineyards in the spring because it, it starts to get warm. You go out there with your girlfriends. You get that bike pedal thing. And then, you know, you <laughs> go out there and then, but it's bare. It doesn't look pretty. Yeah. You know, no. it looks pretty in Libra. Okay, so Libra is justice, judgment, judging, things of that nature. It's also olive and wine. Okay, so if you hear uh, parables about the grapevine or the the uh, the the juice of red grapes or something of that nature, they're talking about Libra. Incidentally, Virgo is the bread and Libra is the wine. So those are your symbols of Christianity right there. Then Scorpio is the scorpion, and he's known as the betrayer. And the reason the scorpion is a betrayer is because when a scorpion would bite you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. So if you ever got bit by a scorpion and you pulled it off, you would see it. It would look like a, it would look like something kissed you, but it's full of poison. So that's the betrayal. Okay. And it's why Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. He didn't stone him. He didn't throw a rock at him. He didn't point him out in the crowd. It was with a kiss. Because Jesus is the son and Judas is Scorpio, the betrayer, because that's what he is. So you're judged in Libra and then you're betrayed in Scorpio. And then finally in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun to inflict further punishment on the sun. In the Bible, it's translated as a spear going into the side of God's son. And that's in Job. And I'll get to that. But this is where the sun dies, and that's because in December 21st, like, we went over it. So the death is in Sagittarius. The death is always in Sagittarius, okay? The rebirth is December 25th, 
of the sun. Does this this all make sense so far? Yes. Okay. Then finally, Capricorn. Now, remember how I told you that the, the zodiac wheel Capricorn's at the bottom? Yes. Imagine the sun walking alongside the zodiac wheel a degree a day. Okay. It starts its climb December 25th. That's a Capricorn. It starts its climb in Capricorn. That's why Jesus, uh, I'm sorry. That's why just like the goat, the sun, uh, it likes to climb the mountain. Just like the goats do. So that's why it symbolizes a goat because goats are the best mountain climbers that they are. So those are the 12 signs. Got it. So the 12 signs. So when you speak about these signs, so is it, it's just really referring to a time of year. That's right. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, when you go outside, you cannot see if you look 360 degrees, you cannot see outside of these 12 signs. We are encased in them. They are a clock. They are a calendar. What the Bible is, is it's basically a, how do I put it? It's a farmer's almanac yes. for information of the past. That's what it is. And we're going to start to go into it. Now, we're talking about Jesus being the sun, right? Yes. Okay. Capricorn is the goat. When the sun is in Capricorn, he's known as the scapegoat of Israel. When the sun is in Aquarius, he's known as the son of man. When the sun is in Pisces, he's the fisherman of men. It's also why he feeds the masses with two fish on the hill, because two fish are Pisces. When the sun is in Aries, he's known as the Lamb of God. When the sun is in Leo, he's known as the Lion of Judah. These are all names for him, different names for him in the church. This is why they call them that. The lady holding the stalk of wheat, Virgo, he's born of a virgin and he's called the bread of life. Remember Virgo, the bread? Yes. Libra is the scales of justice. He's known as the just one. And it's why he's betrayed in Scorpio. He dies in Sagittarius on December 21st. And it's why he's worshipped on the Sunday. Sunday. Well, there you go. Sunday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, look at this picture that we have here of, of Jesus, okay? This is your stereotypical picture of him. Okay. Now the sun is always behind his head because he represents the sun. The sun is always behind us. Um, not Osiris. I'm sorry. Horus's head. The sun is always behind Jesus's head too. In every picture, you can Google as many pictures as you want of Jesus. The sun's always behind his head. The two fingers up like he has right there. That's an ancient comedic peace sign. It's an ancient Egyptian peace sign. This, this is the British victory war sign. Okay, this is not actually a peace sign. Mm. Okay? This is a peace sign when you do this. Oh. Because it's together. The fingers are together. This is separation. This is victory. The white Jesus picture is actually a guy named Caesar Borgia, who was the bastard son of Pope Alexander VI. See, this was in the 1500s when the printing press first came out. So there were never any pictures of Jesus before. And yes, popes used to have kids out of wedlock because, well, they would never get married because they were popes. Yeah. But they would have kids. Absolutely. So this pope decided that his son was going to be the face of it. And if you go to Google and look up Caesar Borgia, you'll see the same face that I'm talking to you about. Mm-hmm. It's a standard picture for every Jesus out there. It'll so literally be the first thing that you pull off. So that's where we got the picture. No way. So, yeah, this guy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's nuts. So that's where his face comes from. That's nuts. I did not know that. 
<laughs> and every variation of it. Yep. And every var- variation of it. That's that's his face. That's why it's his face. That's why he's white Jesus. Yeah, white Jesus, like, you know, just curly-haired, bearded Jesus, yep. the standard Jesus that you think of. <laughs> the other thing you'll see, too, is you'll see the heart outside the body. Yes. Always. And you'll see the crown of thorns around it. And the crown of thorns represents the crown of thorns on his head, uh, which are not there. It's around the heart. But it represents the rays of the sun. Okay? Because he's the sun. It represents the sun rays. Okay? And the heart outside the body, that just represents the human toroidal field. Okay. Okay? Um, The toroidal field is a six-foot electromagnetic gradient that shoots out of your body and creates some people call it an aura some people call it a toroidal field um and it shoots out six feet outside your body that's why the elites are trying to keep you six feet apart right now because when you're within this toroidal field you ever you ever sense someone sneaking up on you yeah yeah it's not because it's it's not a sixth sense it's it's they've broken into your toroidal field and you sense it you feel it got it Almost every time. So those are the things you'll always find in this picture of Jesus, but this doesn't really get to it. So we're going to start decoding some stuff real quick. So um, with astrology, obviously. So have you heard of the phrase pride comes before the fall? I've heard that. Okay. Would you explain it to the listeners, I guess, what you what would you take it to mean? Uh, if you're too prideful, then basically that'll take you down. Like your pride will be your downfall. Yes. And I mean, that makes sense on like a literal level, right? Yeah, on a literal level, yes. All right, watch this. A group of lions is called a pride. Oh. Pride is the lion. Lion is Leo. Leo's in July and August. Pride, Leo, comes before the fall. But that lit, and that literally means the Leo comes before the season of fall, right? Yep. Got yep. it. Okay. Micah 5.2, this is my namesake. But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. However, in Hebrew, Bethlehem is a combination of two words. It's bet, which means house, and lechem, which means bread. So it's the house of bread. This is Virgo with the wheat stalk. That's the house of bread. Got it. Okay. So when they say that this the savior will come from Bethlehem, the house of bread, they're literally saying that the savior will come from a virgin. So you see how that's like slipped in there and coded before they actually come out and say it? See? Oh man. I had no idea. Then okay, so I gave you I gave you the cipher to decode the Bible, basically. Okay? Yes. So I want you to tell me how many you count. Okay. In this passage. Okay. How many different uh, phrases or words you pick up on. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky ground. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats. They had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. Okay. Let's see. I hope I caught them all. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, eight or nine. Yes, you got it. But what you're missing is what I didn't tell you. There's oh. two more. Okay. Okay. He gave them honey from the cliffs. In the sign Cancer, 
there's a group of stars called the Beehive Cluster. It's an asterism in the sky. It's like a very tightly knit group of stars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so the Beehive Cluster is where the honey comes from. Okay. Now that's in Cancer. Now he gives people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. Well, butter and milk come from the Milky Way galaxy. Okay. And the center of that is in Capricorn. I'm sorry, Sagittarius. The center of that is in Sagittarius. So your land from Cancer to Sagittarius, that's your land of milk and honey. God, oh. It's, why write it, why write it in such a hidden fashion? Because this was, you haven't even seen anything yet. Okay, yeah, right. (laughs) um, Why do that? It's because this was the ancient knowledge. What happens when anybody has ancient knowledge? You got to remember these people when they were writing this four to 6,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago, they didn't have clocks, watches, calendars, smartphones. Okay. They used to look at the sun to find out where it is. The ancient Egyptians used to look at the sky and they would say, where's Horus? Well, Horus is just an anagram for hours. What hour is it? Ah, you got me with that one. No way. All right. Yeah. (laughs) So that's where that comes from. And they would say, because Horus takes 12 steps in the day and 12 steps at night. Just like the Zodiac has, uh, the Zodiac has 12 signs. Each, the sun is in each sign for two hours a day, 24 hours. Okay. And it just continues to do that. Okay. That's how they do that. And then what they did was they, because they didn't have any of these timekeeping or calendars even, which we take for granted. um, They had to know when to farm, when to harvest, what to harvest. They had to know. Um, how long the day was. They had to know when winter was coming. There was a lot that they needed to know because if they just ignored it, they would starve or they would die in the cold. So they had to know all this stuff. So this is the mythology surrounding all that information. So why encode it in the Bible? Because this is the ultimate science. The ancients knew this 40,000 years ago when they uh, put it on the caves Okay, we've known about this for 40,000 years. It is the oldest science by far. And it is the least talked about because everybody makes astrology out to be these dumb horoscopes in newspapers that no one really cares about. No, but it's 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 the cycle of things and it's a natural cycle. It's a farmer's almanac is what it is. This is it's a farmer's almanac when you read it this way. Amazing. We do have to take a quick little break here, so we will be right back with more with Micah Dank. You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? I'm new! I'm new! I don't know what to do! Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhance and improve sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, fix and balance noise levels and perfect volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and loud to measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork, video and audio production, gotta do video because everybody's doing video, branded video graphics, or do you yeah, just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. The biggest thing is time. 
like a lot of people that podcast don't have time. Time is like a really valuable currency next to cost. It's even more important than money. Why waste your time doing all this stuff? This is what we can do for you. Think about like the hours and the money you're gonna have to put into doing all this by yourself. Doesn't make sense. It's gonna take you months to launch. If we did it for you, we could do it tomorrow. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Have you suffered in silence or experienced stress from a paranormal experience? Even if it happened 20 years ago, when thinking or talking about it today still makes you feel sick to your stomach or makes your heart beat faster, or you suddenly can't breathe. Maybe you even feel those old, familiar signs of a panic attack trying to reach the surface. You could have unprocessed emotional responses. Those reactions of terror and trauma are no different than living through a horrible assault, childhood abuse, or a terrible car accident. It can be nearly impossible to find help. The very instance of seeing a ghost or encountering a cryptid could be clinically described as seeing or hearing things that aren't there. You could be considered psychotic, or at best, you're just not taken seriously. Out of a growing mountain of research, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare showed that 8 out of 10 veterans who completed just 6 one-hour EFT sessions no longer tested positive for PTSD. If you've had paranormal trauma, you can contact Metaphorical Archaeology by calling 214-995-3754. Again, that's 214-995-3754 for a discreet consultation. Yo, hi there. It's Gigi from Shift Happens. Just stopping by to tell you to stop it. Stop that. Stop that thing that you're doing. And redirect all of your attention right directly back here to the Fringe FM. You're welcome. Hey, Fringe listeners, Dave Cruz here, reminding you that Beyond the Strange airs live Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on The Fringe FM. BTS is your one-stop shop for the paranormal, the bizarre, and most of all, the strange. Join me and co-host Black Sky Paranormals, Russ Bailey, as we discuss topics such as aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, and much more. Also, we talk with profound guests, authors, researchers from all over the world, and we take your calls live on the air. Go to beyondthestrange.com and learn more about the show, guests, times, free registration for our newsletter, merch, and much more. Again, that's Beyond the Strange, Monday evenings, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And as always, stay strange. You are hearing the sound between that which is above and that which is below. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Are you looking for real news? Are you tired of mainstream media telling you what to think? And the agenda control controls exactly what people think. And this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 Instead of listening to mainstream media, check out the Rogie Report News here on the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. News for the independent thinker.
Welcome back. You're listening to the Rogie Report live on the Fringe FM. I'm here with Micah Dank, and we're talking about astrotheology. Welcome back, Micah. Let's get back to it. Oh, you're muted. Oh, I gotta, I gotta unmute you. Unmute you. I can't. No, unmute. There we go. There we go. Welcome back. <laughs> I asked you in the like in, in between the commercial. I asked you what you thought so far, and you're like, yes. the chat room's loving it. So let yeah, me get into some real stuff. Yeah, no, they're loving it. This is great. No, I'm. I, yeah, let's just get into it. I don't even want to talk because I know we're limited on time. So go. All right, here we go. The Mount of Olives. Jesus led his disciples to the Mount of Olives. Now remember, olives are Libra. Okay, so yes. this is where I start to get a. This is where it starts to get a little more complicated, but I'm going to explain it as best as I can. So the Mount of Olives or Libra. So he led his disciples to the Mount of Olives after his last Passover. Now we know Passover's in Aries. Those are opposing signs. So if you picture the Zodiac wheel, you have a little dot that represents Jesus and it's walking from Aries to Libra, which is its opposing sign. So he could teach them a few more things to pray and then wait for Jesus to betray him. While walking to the Mount of Olives, he gave the parable of the true vine. Okay. Now he wa- he walked from Aries to Libra because Libra is um, olives. Okay. And then he was waiting for G- Judas to betray him. Well, the betrayer is Scorpio. That's the next sign over from Libra. So he's in Libra waiting to be betrayed in Scorpio. And while in Libra, he gives the parable of the true vine. Well, that's just the vineyard. So that has to do with, wine that has to do with libra again so you see how this works yes yes okay revelation 4 7 the first living creature was like a lion the second was like an ox the third had a face like a man the fourth was like a flying eagle the first living creature was like a lion that's leo the second was like an ox that's taurus the third had a face like a man that's the sign of man the son of man that's aquarius the fourth was like a flying eagle In astrology, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly crawling creature on Earth. It's the lowest form of life on Earth. Okay. But its evolved form in astrology is the eagle. Okay. Mm. And the eagle's evolved form is the phoenix. And what is the phoenix? But another story of uh, Jesus, the flaming sun that goes through the 12 signs, is betrayed, dies, and rises from its ashes, just like Jesus does. Okay. Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio are the four fixed signs of the zodiac. Okay, so the solstices and the equinox, if you have the zodiac wheel, they form a perfect cross. Okay. Okay, that's the cross of God's son. Okay, that he lives and dies on. That's why it's a cross. That's why it's the symbol of Christianity. It's a cross. That's why. Okay, okay. Okay, these four signs make an X like this through that. Revelation 12, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. Okay. A woman clothed with the sun is the sun metaphorically clothed in Virgo because the woman is Virgo. So the sun's in Virgo, which is roughly about three to 4 PM 
or 2 to 4 p.m. If the sun is in Virgo, the moon will be at her feet, right? If the sun is out in one of the signs and it's up in the sky, the moon is under. And then when the moon comes up, the sun goes away. Yes. Another sign appeared in heaven, enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. The constellation Draco is the dragon in astrology. Okay. A lot of people have heard of the constellation Draco, but what you don't know is its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky. Its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four twelfths of the sign or one thirds of the stars out of the sky. These are all just metaphors. You see how this is working? Yes. I'm going to read you Job now. I'm going to read you a larger passage from Job. So are you familiar with the book of Job? No. Okay, not a big deal. So Job 38, Job 38, 32, this is God's response to Job. Job cries out to God and God replies to him. Can you lead forth the Maseroth is the first thing God says. Now the Maseroth literally is the Zodiac. Over okay. time, the Maseroth becomes Mazalot, which survives in Judaism today as Mazel Tov, which means good fortune from the stars. That's where this comes from. Oh, cool. It's important to know, too, that the book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible. It predates Genesis, too. Okay. So the Lord's challenge to Job, he says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Well, those are openly talking about astrology, right? They're metaphors. Right. Can you bind the chains? Can you loosen? Then they start to get a little cryptic. Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? So the constellations are the zodiac above and the bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear, and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Who can tip over the water jars of heavens? Well, that's Aquarius, the man with the water pitcher that's pouring it out. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions? That's Leo. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders on Virgo. Do you watch where the doe bears her fawn? That's Mariga, which means deer and is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkey go free? That's Acellus borealis, which means donkey and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille or Al-Thaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. Do you give the horse its strength? It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. Okay, so it's the horse. So what's the horse? It's Sagittarius with the man with the bow and the arrow on him. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. There's the mention of the spear. That's Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow. Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is the Latin name for eagle and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, he says, can you pull in Levethian with the fish hook? And Levethian was the fish god. Okay, so that's Pisces. So that's his answer to Job is, do you know all these stars? And it's metaphorically hidden, of course. Do you understand this? Do you know what I'm trying to tell you? Where were you when I created all of this? Ah. I had no idea. So how was Jesus able, remember the questions we had at the beginning? Yes. How was Jesus able to heal the blind? Well, if you're talking about the son of God, the the metaphorical human, the son of God, the blind man comes in and Jesus touches his eyes and suddenly he can see. However, if you're talking about the son of God, the S-U-N of God, uh, when it goes away, it's dark. You can't see anything. But when it comes up and touches your eyes in the morning, suddenly you have sight. Okay, how he walked on water. Okay, have you ever seen a, a sunset on a lake? Oh, there you go. 
Yes. There you go. How he turned water into wine. So the reason that God is considered a man. Yes. And earth is considered a woman, Mother Earth, is because of God's sacred fluid. In Hebrew, it's called shemen. We get the word semen from it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it means. God's sacred fluid comes down from heaven and it impregnates Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. And then from her belly, everything grows. Okay. Never thought so, of it like that. <laughs> then you have Taurus, which is April showers bring May flowers. That's when you plant. Remember the plow yes. and the bull? You plant in Taurus and then and then it rains and it rains. April showers bring May flowers. And then it rains and then eventually you get to, it rains throughout and then it gets to Libra when you can press the wine, press the grapes. That's how you turn the water into wine. Why he had 12 disciples. Each disciple is one of the Zodiac signs. Uh, Right. Why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas. We went over that. Why he was dead for three days. We went over that. Why his birthday is December 25th. We went over that too. Wow. So it's just all, it's all very just symbolic. It's just the, the Zodiac. It, it's so interesting. Yeah. And the constellations, that's all the book is. So would you like me to go into, because I've just been giving you passages, but I could yeah. show you how this works in a full gospel. Okay. We've got about okay. 14 minutes left. So. Okay. Matthew 3, 2, repent of your... I'm using the book of Matthew because it's the first one, not for any specific reason. Matthew 3, 2, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Well, the kingdom of heaven is Leo, as I told you that, because the sun rules Leo. And the closest major point of the solstices and the equinox would be June 21st in Cancer, which is right before Leo. So that's where this gospel starts. Then the dividing lines between Cancer, Leo, and all the signs, as you could see these dividing lines, okay, these are known as the firmament. That's what the firmament means. It's not a dome enclosing a flat earth. It, this is what it literally means. It's the dividing signs. There's a, a saying in the Bible that says the firmament shows God's handiwork. So the firmament are the dividing lines between signs. Now, the next passage, Matthew 3, 4 John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. If we take the most famous drawing of a man, Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian man, and superimpose it onto the Zodiac, we can make sense of it. I'm going to try to explain the next as well as I can, but it would help if you actually see it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But basically, I have the Zodiac wheel, and I've superimposed the Vitruvian man. You see that? You see how his head is in cancer? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that's why he eats wild honey, because of the beehive cluster that's in cancer. Got it. Okay, a little lower on the body, which is Gemini, okay, which is like around his shoulders and his arms, he wore clothes out of camel hair, or camelopardalis, which is in Gemini. Okay, so right now you have the head and the upper body so far. Moving a little lower on the body, you get to his midsection, which is where you would wear a belt. Taurus represents the bull and the female is the cow, which is where you get the leather from the leather, right? Yes. And regarding the belt, you have the leather, but you need the belt. Well, Orion's belt sits between Taurus and Gemini. Okay. Next would be the baptism. Now, how are we going to go from the beginning of Leo to the water sign to signify the baptism? You would go across the Zodiac. Cross signs, as they are known, are the signs opposite location. For example, Aries and Libra are cross signs, as I mentioned before. The sign's two most important signs are its neighboring sign, which is uh, behind it and in front of it, 
and it's cross sign. This is encoded throughout. So here we see how it makes a leap from one firmament to the other. The man with the water pitcher in Aquarius is personified as John the Baptist with the water. Remember the man with the water pitcher pouring it out? Yes. It's important to know, too, that John the Baptist and Jesus are always exactly six months apart. So picture two Ah. little signs, two little circles on the Zodiac wheel. One represents Jesus. The other represents John the Baptist. They're always six months apart. Why? Well, when you think about the fact that Jesus is born on December 25th, and rises a degree a day, then that must mean that John the Baptist is born on June 24th and decreases a degree a day. This is why in John 3.30, John says he must increase, but I must decrease because as one increases, the other must decrease. Also, it's exactly St. John's day is exactly six months to the day of the birthday of Jesus. Okay. That's when it's celebrated by the Catholics, St. John's day. So, We were at the Cancer Leo firmament of July 24th. Well, then uh, Jesus is tempted tempted for 40 days. So you just count 40 days. That's all you have to do. And it takes you to September 2nd, which is right in the middle of Virgo. Now watch what happens. This is right in the middle of Virgo, the virgin with the wheat stalk. What does the devil say? Matthew 4, 3. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. See, we have the mention of bread. That's how you know it's in Virgo. Exactly. There's another section in the Bible where Jesus feeds the masses with two fish and five loaves of bread. Well, the two fish are Pisces, the two fish. That's obvious. That makes a lot of sense. And the five loaves of bread, bread is Virgo. Pisces and Virgo are opposing signs. Okay. The next passage is Matthew 5, 17 and 22. I did not come to abolish the law. And if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. This takes place in the firmament of Virgo and Libra. When you're in the firmament between these two signs, it could be talking about Virgo or Libra. Okay, that's how it works. If it's if if the, if the story is just in one sign, it can only mention words from that one sign. Got it. Okay, so law and judgment, Libra or scales of law, who judges the sun before it's descent into fall or winter. Okay. Matthew seven fifteen sixteen. Beware of false prophets who come distinguished as harmless sheep. And can you pick the grapes from the thorn bushes? Well, harmless sheep, that's Aries, the ram, right? Yes. And the thorn bushes are the grapes in Libra. Those are opposing signs once again. So moving along, Matthew 13, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. The story now moves from Libra to the barrier between Aquarius and Pisces as he is right beside the lake or the two water signs. Its cross sign is the Leo-Virgo firmament. As it's across from the Virgo firmament, the wheat stalk, the grains, isn't it ironic that the next parables are the wheat and the weeds, the mustard seed and the yeast, like I mentioned before? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So Gemini is the sign of two men, technically twins. However, there's just a short mention of brothers in the next passage. He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. This ends at the firmament of Gemini and Cancer. How do we know this? So look at Gemini Cancer, that firmament. Directly across from it is the firmament of Sagittarius and Capricorn. That's December 21st. That's the death. Because the next story is the death of John the Baptist. Okay? Matthew 14, 17, and 32. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. We went over that. So this is the cross of God's son, okay? 
We were just in Virgo. Now we're in Libra next, which is law and wine. Remember what stories do we get now? The story of the temple tax, the unforgiving debtor, divorce and marriage, and the parable of the vineyard worker. That's all. That's all Libra. Law, judgment, oh. tax, um, divorce and marriage. That has to do with law, the vineyard, the vine, grapes. That's all. That's all Libra. So you were in Libra now. The next story is Scorpio, the betrayer. This is exactly when Judas betrays Jesus with the kiss. And then the next sign over, this is where Jesus is crucified on the cross. Okay? Yes. And that's the story of Matthew. Wow. No, that was great. No, it's very it's it's just it's see, see it's hard for me because I don't know I don't know any of I don't know the story of Matt. I don't know any of the Bible, so <laughs> But it's interesting to, you know, hear these things that are encoded within it because, you know, I've always wondered why. Then what is the Bible? Like, what is it for? Is it a story? And, you know, the way you've been able to, you know, connect the astro theology and explain it, make it, you know, make it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, We have, we have about five minutes left. Um okay. I don't know if you want to get into something else. Um, how much? No, I mean, that's basically what I have. Awesome. Awesome. Well, the, I do have a comment in the chat room says uh, you should design a program so people could, you know, use, look at the Bible in this way, like on the computer. <laughs> well, that's what I've done is I basically, I have a six books, I have a six book publishing deal. Wow. So tell um, us about that. A little bit. Yeah, I have a six book publishing deal and four of them are out so far. Holy crap. Called Into the Rabbit Hole. And um I wrote them a lot like Dan Brown mystery thrillers. Yes. But it's basically the characters un- dec- decode and uncode all this kind of information that I've got. And I, I, go, I go way deeper into it. But it's basically the characters figure it out. And I thought it was a more fun way to write than it would be to write a nonfiction. Yes. But yeah, I mean, if 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 your people in the chat want to find me, I'm on Twitter or Facebook at Micah Dank. Um, friend me, follow me. If you want to reach out to me, I also sell autographed copies of my novels, um, which I um, sell quite a bit of, to be honest with you. That's awesome. I just dropped uh, the link to MicahDank.com for everybody in the chat, too. Um, so what, what is, um, when is your next book coming out? Um, so my last book came out May, uh, March 15th. Oh, so book five is coming out June 15th. Oh my gosh. How, how you are just a writing machine. I've already written all six of them. Holy I'm heck. just editing. Them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all written. I wrote them all a couple of years ago. It how just takes you? a while to get an agent, to get a literary agent and yeah. then. And then to get a publishing deal, you know, especially one that's going to pick up six books without, you know. No, that's a, it's amazing what you've done. You wrote six books. And not only that, you were able to you have to do all the decoding, too, for the book. That must take a long time, too. You have no idea. <laughs> but what I basically did, what I basically did for you tonight. Yes. Um and I could go into the Book of Revelation completely. I can go into the Book of Enoch, the Enuma Elish. Um, there's so many other books that I can go into that literally follow the same 
the same exact, the book of Thomas. Um, there's so many books, the Dead Sea Scrolls. There's mm-hmm. all these books are written this way with so, all this encoded information. So can I ask I've uncoded you? or. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I've decoded all this stuff and I've put it into the book series. If you reach out to me too, um, I do have a, a list of like my favorite podcasts that I've done with different topics and stuff. Yes. Um, this just being one of them, but yeah, you, this is basically like six, seven years worth of research into like one point. That is amazing. It must feel so good to like be getting it out there. And you've been doing, I've noticed you've been doing a lot of appearances to help promote the book and, you know, and share what you've learned and share your research too. Yeah, I'm all over the place. I don't know anybody except maybe David Weiss and Flat Earth that is out there more than I am. Do you know like how many you've done since the book release, the first book yeah, release? Since, uh, I mean, you got to break into the community a little bit, but basically, yeah. um, since since July first, I've done 110 podcasts. Wow! Wow! No, you are on a media spree. You're doing a great job. Like. I'm like, oh, there's Micah. There's Micah. He's there. I know them. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm really excited. And if everybody wants to, if anybody wants to follow Micah, you can follow Micah at Micah Dank on, or it's, it's not actually at Micah Dank, is it? Hold on. I think it's real Mr. Dank. It's real at real Mr. Dank um, on, let me see. I'm going to throw that in the chat real quick. And I want to thank everybody so much for joining us tonight. You can also check out micadank.com and I've dropped his Twitter in the chat. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Up next is Michael Strange with Troubled Minds. Thank you everybody for listening and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>